Salvation in Jesus Christ is good news for everyone. Listen to Adrian Rogers. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. The law says do, and we can't. But the gospel says done. The law demands perfection, but only the gospel gives perfection in the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Love Worth Finding, featuring the profound truth of the gospel simply stated in the teachings of Adrian Rogers. Some may think that being saved is an old-fashioned concept, but salvation continues to be every person's greatest need. Romans chapter 10 describes the necessity and timelessness of salvation. In part one of today's message, we learned of the freeness and nearness of salvation. We don't have to go looking for it. Jesus stepped out of heaven to find us. We only need to be bold and unashamed as we confess Christ as Savior and Lord. If you have your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 10 as Adrian Rogers shares part two of a powerful lesson on salvation. Now, most people who even think of salvation think that salvation roots in the merit of man. If you were to walk up and down the streets of this city or any city and ask people, are you going to heaven? They'll say, I hope so. And if you were to say, why? They would say, well, I'm trying to live as best I know how. They think that salvation is a reward for the righteous. But salvation is not a reward for the righteous. Salvation is a gift for the guilty. And if you don't understand that, are you never going to have salvation because Paul talks about his brothers in the flesh, the Jewish nation, and he said, I bear them record. They have a zeal for God. They're very religious, very zealous, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You see, that's when something good can become something bad if it keeps you from the best. That's what religion is without the Lord. You see, the worst form of badness is human goodness if human goodness keeps you from salvation. Paul said, the things I counted for gain, they were loss. Then in verse 4 he says this, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. You see, there's the law. The law says do, and we can't. But the gospel says done. The law demands perfection, but only the gospel gives perfection in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and you see, salvation is the gift of God. We're thinking now about the freeness of it. Don't miss my point, the freeness of it. But now here's the second thing I want you to see. I want you to see the nearness of salvation. Begin reading now in verse 6. Uh, but the righteousness which is by faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? <laughs> that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up again from the dead. Now what is Paul saying? He said, you don't have to go on a pilgrimage. You don't have to go up into heaven and appear before the throne and say, God, we're a bunch of sinners down here and we're in a mess. Can you help us out? <laughs> Could you come down, Lord? You don't have to do that. Why? One Christmas 2,000 years ago, we already did that. Amen. He stepped out of heaven. Well, they nailed him to a cross and put him in a grave. 
But you don't have to go down and say, Lord Jesus, please come out of that grave. Please give victory over death, hell, sin, and the grave. Come out, please. You don't have to descend into the deep. He's already been raised. I mean, these are accomplished facts. The incarnation and the resurrection sandwiched with the crucifixion have already taken place. So he says, don't say in your heart who shall ascend into heaven or who shall descend into the deep. Bring Christ down to bring him up. The word is nigh thee. Let me tell you how close salvation is. Now listen carefully, you'll miss this. The word is nigh thee even in your mouth and in your heart. You say, Pastor, that's silly. Now that's what Paul said. The word is so close. Let me tell you how close you are to being saved today. Let me tell you. If you're not saved, let me tell you how close you are to being saved. Jesus Christ and salvation already in your mouth, already in your heart. Now you say, now wait a minute. In my mouth, in my heart? How did it get in my mouth? How did it get in my heart? I just put it there. Well, you say, Adrian, how did you put it there? Listen, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, the word of faith which we preach. You see, what I did, I'm telling you right now that salvation is by grace, through faith. I have put this in your mouth and in your heart. It is there. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Well, then what do you do with what is in your mouth and in your heart? Listen, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I put it there. I told you what it is. It is there. It is waiting on you. Now, now, right now, you confess and believe. And God says, you'll be saved. You'll be saved. You don't have to bring Jesus down. He's come down. You don't have to bring Jesus up. He has come up. It is done. It is a finished thing. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And now it is ready for you so close you are. It is in your heart and in your mouth that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. <laughs> Friend, you'll be saved. That's not, that, that's not what I'm saying. It's what God has said. That means you will not go to hell. It means you will receive a new heart, a new nature. And one day you'll spend eternity with the redeemed of all of the ages. Now listen, what is the confession that you make? Confess him as Lord. Confess him as Lord. Do you know what that means? That means to take yourself off the throne of your life and put Jesus Christ upon the throne of your life. Salvation is not just some intellectual belief that you tack on. It is trusting the Lord Jesus. It is committing everything to the Lord Jesus. It is saying Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, He is Lord, isn't He? And friend, if you don't receive who He is, you cannot have what He gives. He is Lord. That doesn't mean that you're saved by good works. It just simply means that you bow the knee to him and say, Jesus, I take hands off my life. I give you my life. Let's just imagine a scene. There's been a wedding. The rice has been thrown. The confetti has been thrown. The cake has been cut. The hugs have been given. The gifts have been exchanged. And Sue and Bill are in the car driving away from the wedding. Sue and Bill just been married. And Sue says to Bill, 
It was a beautiful wedding. Oh, it was so wonderful. I just enjoyed it so much. Now, Bill, will you take me home? Well, he says, Sue, you know, we can't go home yet. The house is not ready, and this is our honeymoon. Oh, oh, no, no, I don't mean that home. I mean my home. I want you to take me back to my mother. What? To my mother. Uh, Bill, you know, I, I, I have accepted you as my husband, and that was a wonderful ceremony, but, but I want to go back home to my mother, and, and I'm, I, Bill, don't expect me to change the way I've been living. I'm going back home. Now, Bill, don't get me wrong. I love you, Bill, and I hope to see you on weekends, <laughs> if it's convenient. And, and also, Bill, I want you to know that I'm, I'm glad that you're committed to take care of me. So, Bill, if I'm sick or need money or have any problems, you know I can call on you, Bill, because after all, I've taken you as my husband. And uh, we did have a wonderful ceremony. It was just wonderful when I took you as my husband. But now, Bill, take me back to my house. Don't get any idea that what we did down there at the church is going to change the way I live. Take your hands off my life. Now, what kind of a marriage would that be, huh? It's the same kind of salvation that some people think they have. They say, now, Lord Jesus, I take you as my Savior. Now, Lord, I may even come to Bellevue and visit you every Sunday or so often. And if I get in trouble and I need some money, or if I'm sick, I'll call on you. But in the meanwhile, I'm going to go on with my life just the way it was. Friend, I want to tell you something. That's not going to work. That is not going to work. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You see, when you believe that God raised him from the dead, you believe all the rest of it. I mean, that's the capstone. He's shown to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. And so if you believe in the resurrection, you have to believe in the crucifixion. And if you believe in the crucifixion, you have to believe in the incarnation. And if you believe in the resurrection, the crucifixion, the incarnation, you have to believe in the deity. So the capstone of the whole thing is that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Friend, there's the freeness of it, and there's the nearness of it. He is so near. He is so near. The Word of God is near you, nigh you, even in your mouth, in your heart. It is the Word of faith that we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Now, confession is very important. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me and of my word before this sinful and adulterous generation, I'll be ashamed of you when I come in the glory of the Father with the holy angels, but if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why? We well, see, confession shows possession. Now, walking an aisle can't save anybody. Shaking a preacher's hand can't save anybody. It's what that indicates that saves us. Jesus is simply saying, look, if, if, if you are ashamed of me, I'll have to be ashamed of you. Do you know the mark that you're really trusting Jesus? Read it in verse 11. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him shall what? Not be ashamed. 
I've often told the story of a girl who was in a service, a revival service, and she was under conviction in the back, just weeping copiously. A personal worker went forward. It was during the invitation and said, won't you come forward and confess Christ as your Lord and Savior? She said, oh, no, there are too many people there. I can't do that. I'd like to be saved back here, please. And the personal worker said, you can't be saved back here. Hmm? So the next night, she, the same thing, same song, second stanza. She's under deep conviction. <laughs> the worker goes back and, and says, won't you come forward and confess Christ? She said, oh, no, I can't do that. I, I would be frightened. I, I, I don't want to stand in front of all of those people. Can't I be saved back here? He said, I'm sorry, you can't be saved back here. Now, I know what you're thinking, but you let me finish the service. <laughs> so, the third night, uh, he goes back there. She's weeping again. And he says, young lady, won't you come and give your heart to Jesus openly and publicly? She says, yes, I will. I will. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything if I can just have peace with God. He said, now you don't need to come to the front. You can be saved back here. <laughs> now, folks, that's what we're talking about. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. If God would give me a microphone, I could stand on the tallest building in the world. I'd like to say it with all of my heart that Jesus is Lord and I love him. If they kill me for doing it, I'd want to do it. And so don't you let your pride keep you from coming. The Bible says when we believe on the Lord Jesus, we'll not be ashamed of him. It is so near, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. But you've got to confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. And God says, God says that you'll be saved. Now, here's the third and final thing I want you to see. I want you to see not only the freeness of it. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. And I want you to see not only the nearness of it, but I want you to see the richness of it. Look, if you will, beginning now in verse 12 of this same chapter, if you will. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Moffat translates that, his boundless resources are made available to those who call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that God wants everybody saved. I believe that whosoever is in the Bible and the same Lord over all, whether you're a Jew or whether you're Greek, whether you're the chosen race or not the chosen race, whoever you are, wherever you are, if you will call upon the name of the Lord, he will save you. And if you show me any time, any place, anywhere where anybody ever comes to Jesus in repentance and faith and he doesn't save them, I'll close my Bible and never preach again. I'll tell you, he'll save you. He will save you for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, he is rich. He's rich unto all who call upon him. I've been walking with the Lord now since I was a teenage boy. And I'll tell you this, I've failed him sometimes, but he has never failed me. His resources have been there for me every time I've called upon him. I'm not talking about financial resources, though he's done that. I'm talking about the life of God that's in my heart. He is rich unto all who call upon him, not some, anybody who wants to be saved. Now, Paul started out 
telling these people who were very religious, who had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They need to be saved. And yet Paul himself, talking about it, called himself the chief of sinners. So what does that mean? Listen to me. There's nobody so good you don't need to be saved if you haven't been saved. Say amen. Nobody so good that you don't need to be saved if you haven't been saved. And secondly, there's nobody so bad that you cannot be saved. See, that's what it's all about. Now, folks, salvation is by grace through faith you trust the Lord Jesus. Let me just share this story, and I'll be finished. True story. There was a preacher, minister, <laughs> and he was educated in a seminary, very religious. He was a so-called Christian minister, but he's what we call a liberal now, when I mean liberal, I don't mean he was just progressive in his ideas. I mean, he doubted sincerely the blood atonement, the crucifixion, the bodily resurrection, he, the virgin birth. He just didn't believe these things. But he was one of these men that had a good heart, as men have good hearts. I'm not talking about a new heart. I'm just talking about he was a nice, loving guy. Would have made a good neighbor, a great granddaddy. And he just loved people, went about as best he could helping hurting people. A little girl knocked on his door one night, late at night. He went to the door and opened the door, and there was a little ragged girl standing there, a frightened little girl. She said, uh, Sir, are you a minister? Well, yes, young lady, I am. Well, sir, are you a man of God? <laughs> well, I would like to think I'm a man of God. Darling, may I help you? Sir, could, could, you, could you come with me and help get my mother in? Well, well, darling, what's wrong with your mother? Is she, is she, she hasn't been drinking, is, has she? Oh, no, 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 no. You've got to help get my mother in. My mother's dying. My mother doesn't know how to get into heaven. My mother doesn't think she has long to live. And my mother asked me if I would go find a minister to help get my mother in. Sir, you're a minister? You're a man of God? Sir, come help get my mother in. Well, let's go, child. And he went down through the streets into the back part of that city, down to a little hovel of a home. There she was on a deathbed, no nurses to attend, no doctor there, no hospice, this precious little girl watching her mother die. The woman looked up at the minister, and his heart was broken. She said, are you a minister? Yes, madam. Are you a man of God? Well, I want to be. Can you tell me how to get to heaven? I'm dying. And you know what he did? He began to give her platitudes about God's love, about the goodness of God, about the beauties of heaven, about uh, how God is merciful in all of this, and how it pays to live a godly life. And after a while, she just shook her head at him and said, Don't you understand? I'm dying. I can't do any of that. I can't live a good life. I can't do all of those things that you're talking about, and I'm about to die. 
Don't you have a message for a dying woman like me? And this man realized he didn't have a message for a woman like that. But he remembered his mother, who was a godly praying woman who believed in the old-time religion. And he told her the story, not really believing it himself, how Jesus came to this earth, took our sins and carried them to the cross in agony and blood and died and said, it's finished, and paid the sin debt, and how Jesus walked out of the grave. And then he told her, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And if you will pray and ask Him to come into your heart, He will forgive your sin, and He will save you. Later on, here's what that preacher said, and here's how we know the story. He said to a group of preachers when he was giving his testimony, he said, Gentlemen, that night, that lady got in, and so did I. <laughs> so did I. I realized that my so-called religion was not enough. I needed Jesus, and so do you. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Now, Paul's heart's prayer and heart desire to God for Israel was that they might be saved, and that's my desire for you today. Father, I pray I pray now that many in this day, in this hour, will give their hearts to Jesus, and people who are listening, wherever it may be, will come in to your fullness. O oh Lord, into your richness. We thank you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' holy name. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you would just pray and tell Him that you're a sinner, that you cannot save yourself, that you believe that Jesus Christ paid your sin debt on the cross with His blood. And then pray like this, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to You. I confess You as Lord. I believe that God raised You from the dead, and I trust You to save me. Help me never to be ashamed of You. In Your name, Amen. Amen. And if you've prayed to receive Christ just now, we would love to celebrate with you and invite you to our Find God's Love page at the website. There you'll discover answers you may need about your newfound faith. Go to lwf.org radio and click on the tab that says Find God's Love. Welcome to His Forever Family. We can't wait to hear from you today. Now, if you'd like to order a copy of this message in its entirety, call us at 1-877-LOVE-GOD and mention the title, Salvation. This lesson is also part of the insightful series, Foundations for Our Faith, for that complete three-volume collection, all 27 powerful messages. Call 877-LOVE-GOD, or you can order online at lwf.org radio, or write us at Love Worth Finding. Box 38600, Memphis, Tennessee, 38183. You may not know you can also purchase our new Bible studies, much like this message, in our online store. For more on that, go to lwf.org radio. Are you sure and solid in your salvation? 
Consider the freeness, the nearness, and the richness of salvation today. And join us next time for more timeless truth from Adrian Rogers, right here on Love Worth Finding. Here's a note a listener left on our website recently. I love the help and information you send out. I thank you very much, and please keep it up. I feel like I'm being helped, guided, and mentored on the most important journey of my life. Isn't that great? You know, at Love Worth Finding, our mission is to draw people to Jesus and help believers grow deeper in their faith. And to thank you for your gift this month, we'd love to send you our new More Than Conquerors Bible study. Are you just surviving life until you get to heaven, going through the motions? That's not the Christian life God wants you to live. In this eight-week study on the book of Romans, Adrian Rogers shows how to live in the victory you've been given in Christ. Request this resource when you call with a gift at 1-877-LOVE-GOD or give online at lwf.org radio. And thanks for your generous support of Love Worth Finding.